You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again to the Physics Ed Podcast. Glad to have you yet again wherever you are around the country, around the globe. G'day. <laughs> Good to have you. And uh, this week we're talking STEM yet again. And I was kind of thinking, we haven't really had a chat in a while about agricultural science. I mean, getting out there into the paddocks and fields and finding out how people really create our food and fibre. And uh, I was having a bit of a chat with Joe Hathaway at a recent conference in 2019. And um, we got us thinking that, you know, what she gets up to would be of great interest for you. You see, she's very involved in the Takao Virtual Farm. It's a farm that's in about the mid north coast rough area around the Port Macquarie area of New South Wales uh, and it's a great spot where kids can either visit or importantly visit virtually you see not every kid has that chance to actually go out to farms maybe they don't have farms in their family that's okay <laughs> because the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries through the Takao Virtual Farm has solved that problem and so I really want you to have a listen to what Joe's been getting up to because I think that this is something that people can really think about. Well, how do we get our students connecting to places virtually if you can't get out there? And that's very much what the New South Wales DPI has done. So just as a bit of a hats off, so to speak, to Joe, she recorded this with me late in 2019 when she was surrounded, not kidding, by bushfires. <laughs> it really was quite serious. And let's be honest, at the time I'm putting this podcast out in early February 2020, uh, it is still going on in quite a few areas. And uh, what's strange about this is that today, like literally today, we're covered in rain clouds, thunderstorms. It's completely pouring for the next three or four days. And yet back when we chatted with Joe, it was ridiculously smoky and incredibly dangerous right around Eastern Australia. It was uh, pretty crazy. So uh, hats off to Joe for uh, being able to join this particular podcast at the time. And I hope that you listening in certainly can get a lot out of that uh, chat that I had with Joe uh, back then. So uh, let's get right into it. We've got a lot to learn. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Oh, look, much appreciated for coming along. Considering... Uh, how smoky has been up your way? Yeah, it's been a bit like that. I think it's like that across most of the state, though. So um, we're lucky we haven't had fires impacting us nearby. So we're a lot better off than a lot of people around yeah, here. Absolutely. And this is kind of time stamping this particular podcast. But uh, as we speak, there are 170 fires burning in New South Wales. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, some at uh, watching act status. Some a little bit higher than that. And we've had yeah. a, we had quite a... Uh, Quite a bit going down, and this this, this time being at the uh, new, end of November two thousand nineteen, and uh, where you are is right in the thick of it. Uh, so, <laughs> right if you just let everyone know who you are and what you do and where you're located. Yeah, so my name's Joe Hathaway. I'm with the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries Schools Program. Um, I'm really lucky to be based at one of the facilities of the department called Tokel. It's actually um, uh, agricultural Training College, but we're on a farm called Tokel as well that's um, come to the department to be run by the Department of Primary Industries through a, you know, a long history of really fortunate circumstances and um, now operating as a 2,200 hectare 
commercial um, farming enterprise. So the students that train here are incredibly lucky to have access to that resource. Um, and I'm lucky to be based here as well because it's a beautiful spot to work. Absolutely. I've seen the photos. It looks amazing. And that's actually what we're going to be diving into because uh, not only can students visit, they can kind of visit virtually. They can, yeah. So we've um, set up a virtual farm for the property um, because recognising that it is a great resource. It's a state government resource. So it's um, our, I guess, our obligation is to make it as available as possible. And while we love to see students getting out on farms and visiting them, for those students who don't have somewhere like Tokal nearby, it's great to have this uh, virtual version available. Uh, so it's online and um, live now for students to have virtual visits. Absolutely. Now, what's uh, just trying to get my head, uh, just trying to get a picture for everyone's like okay, an image in everyone's heads about what it sort of looks like. Um, I mean, it's, it's sort of flat ground, rolling hills. What's the farm sort of look like? Oh, the farm is really interesting, actually, being in the um, lower Hunter Valley of New South Wales. So we're kind of coastal, but not right on the coast. Uh, we've got a range of um, landscapes and ecosystems on the property from rainforest remnants to sort of um, beautiful rolling hills to really steep, rugged country that's quite, um, well, fairly open sort of eucalypt forest in in the um, more rugged areas. But we've also got some beautiful river flats, not a huge amount of river flats, so only a tiny amount of cropping really compared to a lot of farms. Um, but yeah, just the range, oh, wetlands is the other one's thinking there's something else, but some beautiful wetlands that are being restored at the moment as well. So that's the property itself. Yeah, and that's the thing I sort of wanted to ask about that because, I mean, a lot of people think of farms as intensive places or, you know, there's, you know a whole bunch of grass and cattle on it. Um, but, I mean, the, the fact that you said ecosystem straight away and listed off a bunch of them from rainforest through to wetlands, that's not sort of what people would always picture uh, being on a farm and yet it can often be the case. Yeah, that's right. Um, it, it's, it's sometimes surprising to people that the ecosystems and the different landscapes are... Um, top of mind to a lot of farmers, to most farmers, I would say. And we, um, I guess, share that information with schools because it's a really important part of farming, that environmental management. We talk about sustainable food and fibre production because it needs to be sustainable um, economically, obviously. It's a business. It needs to be sustainable um, environmentally. So we need to make sure that, you know, everything that we produce here is produced through the resources that are available on the property. If we're not environmentally responsible, then economically we don't continue either. And then there's also that third angle of the social aspect of um, just being, you know, farmers just doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. So having that social license to farm, I guess, is the, the catchphrase these days in Australia. But um, that's really important and, and farmers are really aware of it and as well as the, you know, departments like ours. Absolutely. And uh, just, uh Full disclosure, um, about two-thirds of my family are farmers. <laughs> so, All right. <laughs> uh, so, um, I mean, I can totally understand that. Uh, in case people are wondering, I more cattle and sheep. Um, but the, uh, it's, I mean, regardless of whether you're a, crop, a cropping person or whatever sort of agribusiness you're involved in, um, you, yeah, you, you, it, it is also not only your livelihood, you live there. So you want it to look good. Yeah, and, that's right. You know, you want it to survive, uh, not just in, in your uh, future, but also you your grandkids grandkids future <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's really important and i mean this was really cool it's why i want to have a chat with joe about 
this virtual farm is really neat because I mean, many, many students in our country are in metropolitan areas and the chance to see uh, farming can often be just at the Royal Agricultural Show, which is great, but it's not quite the same as actually visiting. But in reality, not everyone's got the budget to come and visit. So unless they have a relation in you know, out and about, or if they're lucky enough to get on a school bus to go out to a site, the chances of actually visiting a real agricultural enterprise is pretty low. And so from there is the issue where misconceptions can start or mm. just outright just got no idea about how actually food and fibre is produced in the first place. Yeah, and it's also, um, so it's great that kids are getting out and about on excursions. And as you say, some of them are going to, to um, agricultural events. Some of them are only hearing about farmers and farming, I guess, attitudes um, remotely. And it's really good uh, to be able to share the sort of the thoughts and hopes, I guess, of our managers here on the property because they echo a lot of the um, aims, I guess, of management of farmers around the country and around the world, I guess, as well. Um, so that's the advantage of having, um, you know, this amount of information available to us and making it readily available to students. It's good, you know, it's one step just to get them outside. That's really important and get them into the bushland and you can do that in metropolitan areas. In Sydney, you know, there's some really accessible bushland that's great for um, student excursions, but to get there and, and really hear firsthand um, about production from some of these different environments is so useful and so valuable. I think we just, we, we find it really, we think it's really really important part of um, everyone's education. Absolutely. I mean, it's not just like looking at pretty images. I mean, there's some, there's some rigour in this. I mean, one of the things that grabbed my eye is how there's a fair bit of property and farm data which kids can get into and dissect, bisect, do whatever they want with the data to learn actually what is going on. So what sort of, I mean, explain, there'll be people who haven't quite visited uh, Takal's uh, virtual farm yet. Um, so the... In the data itself, what sort of things is there? So the, um, I guess the advantage of, of putting this um, virtual farm together from a state government perspective is we already do a lot of reporting to, um, to you know, the assets branches of Department of Primary Industries. Our managers are really focused on that. So that information is there and that can be from um, the sort of the business um, information behind decision making like putting in centre pivot irrigation into the dairy, um, the costs of running the property and how that is then you know, um, converted into I guess the the income as well. All of those, all that reporting um, on revegetation of the wetlands and the riverbanks and those sorts of things is already available and so that was um, sort of a no-brainer then to sh make that available to um, to share it with schools um, and anyone else who's interested really I guess in my role I'm focused on the on how it fits in with the New South Wales syllabuses but it's relevant to a much broader audience than that and and I know our students here on the college are using the virtual farm just because of the amount of information that's available you know 24-7 to them. Yeah um, well it's the thing like, it's not just like facts and figures there's maps as well. Yeah, so it's, um, I guess I should, the um, enterprises on the property are run as individual units. So there's a commercial dairy, a commercial beef enterprise, um, free range egg production, and there's a demonstration sheep flock 
uh, Australian stock horse stud and some bees. So that not at commercial levels, the bees at this stage, although we're working towards a queen bee breeding unit here at the property, at the, yeah, on site. Um, and so for each of those enterprises, there's a map um, presented in online on Esri Story Map. So a lot of people will be familiar with the ArcGIS software and this is their online platform. So it's really um, a fantastic way to share spatial information so people can go, oh, you know, the dairy is run over here in more intensively along the river flats. The beef is a larger part of the property and obviously not as heavily stocked as dairies. Dairies are, are a very different business um, to run than a beef enterprise. Um, and then, you know, you can see also the, where the, the five sheds are for the free range egg production. Um, and then for each of those, there's that information that we were just talking about, the level of detail, you know, what are the market pressures on your enterprise? What's, what makes this a good site for beef production or for, for um, bees, uh, all that sort of data. Um, and then there's videos as well. So there's VR videos that is like a personal guided tour of the, each of the enterprises with the managers. So, um, yeah, there's, there is just a lot of information. And I guess in some ways that makes it a bit um, not difficult, but it makes it a bit more challenging for teachers to sort of come in and have a look at uh, the amount of information there and think how does that fit in and that how does it fit into my program in the classroom and that's where we come in so this the school's program includes a couple of high school teachers and I'm a primary school trained teacher and so we've gone through the virtual farm and produced um, workbooks and teacher guides to um, help teachers bring it into the classroom and help them deliver outcomes with them so it's not just something that they um, fill in a bit of time with at some stage this can really form a solid part of their program in a, in a whole range of subject areas. I completely, it's be a full unit of work. I mean, just thinking um, students, especially in primary, um, I'd imagine that their exposure to GIS systems is not quite often the case. In yeah, so, and this, I guess having it up there on story maps makes that a really easy, I mean, they're all used to looking at um, Google Maps, right? That's right. You know, they've, they probably have uh, maps in the car with them you know the um guidance systems we call it the tom tom but that's <laughs> branding isn't it <laughs> <laughs> that's all right we'll have um, a version of thing that gets you around uh, we'll insert yeah <laughs> whichever voice you follow around it's you know it's similar to that so it's just exposing to them to the fact that it's not just this sort of global navigation system it's also a really useful tool and, and something that the farm managers here use all the time. So it's, What's a, thing? it's a good way, I guess, to introduce them to that sort of mapping because then moving up into high school, it, you know, quite possibly will be using those sorts of digital technologies in, in a whole range of areas. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, this is one of these things, I mean, you clearly can do English, maths, all the different um, syllabuses can be done on a farm for sure. Um, I mean, do you mainly connect with people who are, clearly moving towards wanting to work in agriculture, like they're in year 11 and 12 and going that way, or do you mainly deal with the earlier years? What, 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 who tends to come across your path? We, we work across the spectrum from K to six. So uh, K to 12, sorry. 
um, stage six, I was thinking. Uh, so there is a, a version of the um, virtual farm mapping, for example, that is written specifically for primary schools. Um, certainly useful in infants and, you know, in early stage one and stage one classes with some guidance from teachers. But by the time kids are in stage three, they would be able to find their way around this map really um, easily on their own. And so I was saying before about the maps um, being an integrated system with uh, text and so uh, sort of a narrative down the side. So you can imagine you're looking at your Google Maps on a screen. Down the side, it's got a description of why that information is useful and that's, that's why we found the story maps a really great way to share the information about the property. So the one that's written for primary schools is um, focuses on how we cater for the needs of living things um, in each of the areas, how the property is arranged, you know, different place, different spaces for different purposes, which fits into the geography syllabus. So there's science and technology in there with the food and fibre outcomes in particular. Um, a bit of built environment stuff in there as well, geography, and then obviously teachers can use that then to um, launch into maths outcomes and English outcomes and art outcomes. It's it's just, it is really, really um, useful across the spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the, that you've got virtual reality. I mean, people can come in from anywhere, really. Uh, how do they access that? So the so everything is accessible from the virtual farm on our website, but the videos themselves are delivered through YouTube. They're just they they are VR videos. They're designed so that you can watch it without not without using a headset. All VR videos are, but we've been really um, focused on making sure that the main activity of the video is happening at the front of the screen. So if you get onto YouTube and watch one of our VR videos just on a standard screen and don't scroll around, it still makes a lot of sense and it still gives you a really good picture of the farms. Um, if, you if you're lucky enough to have a tablet or a phone or even a VR headset to watch it on, then you're fully immersed. You know, you're in the in the um, paddock listening to Matt Brett explaining about the dairy or Mal Burke tell us about how he runs the um, beef enterprises or Liz Frost with her bees they're flying around your head it's, I mean it's really great but it doesn't have to be that way but yeah so freely available on YouTube through our YouTube channel the school's program YouTube channel yeah no that's awesome and just actually just uh want to go just down the line there'll be people listening going you know what we've got something cool on our campus It'd be really cool if we did something like this. So I guess the question would be, uh, if they wanted to set up their own virtual reality experience where they are, where they can showcase. I mean, I've been to plenty, plenty of schools, hundreds of schools, and some, some schools have got some amazing things on their site that people yeah, could actually do, visit. Yeah. How, I mean, how would they be at, what, what sort of steps could they take to sort of emulate what you've done? Well, um, so StoryMaps is a free online platform. You do need to have just a little bit of skills, but it, look, I taught myself how to put these together. Anyone can teach themselves how to do these, this mapping. You can also create maps on Google My Maps, um, which is a free account again. Esri do provide licenses for schools to learn how to use the GIS mapping. So all that stuff is easily available. You can make 360 um, images with any phone, I believe. I've not done it that way. We were really lucky to get a virtual reality uh, video camera, a 360 video camera. 
they're incredibly accessible too, particularly for schools, maybe not so much for individuals, but um, it, it's really, we've made our virtual farm with e everything that is easily available because we don't have a huge budget, you know, um, to produce, in, uh, you know, Hollywood level uh, videos. <laughs> we yeah. do them here ourselves. So um, it's an easy, it's actually, uh, with a bit of research, I guess it's an easy thing to put together and, and a great idea just that you're right, there is some amazing things happening in schools. We'd love to see some of the, um, the, the things that are happening around school gardens and ag programs in high schools um, shared to inspire other schools to do the same thing or just to get ideas from each other, you know, having a go at, um, you know, growing different products or different ways that, you know, maybe setting up wicking beds and those sorts of things. That would be fantastic. We'd love to see a whole network of this sort of thing pop up. I could totally do that. Absolutely. Um, well, there's a project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and look, to be honest, the kids will probably show you how to use the mapping software. <laughs> well, that's really true. And actually, you know what? I was actually at a teach meet last night um, and that was exactly what was uh, brought up by one of the speakers was, you know what? Just let the kids do it. They'll teach you. You're better for it. And they're better for it because they've got yeah. to have some mastery to be able to teach it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. They would just have a bit of a play around and, you know, show us all a few things. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, um, I mean, I'm just asking the question, I mean, you, you're from the Department of Primary Industries and New South Wales government, you know, branch of, you know, government. Uh, but I'm guessing people can access you, uh, access, you know, the virtual farm irrespective of where they are, yeah? Oh, definitely, yeah. So the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries website um, in the education, uh, now I need to check the link, don't I? The, um, I think it's education and training area, the schools program is in there. But if you search on New South Wales DPI schools program, you should find us pretty easily. And the virtual farm is just a link from, from there or from anyone who is listening to this who's familiar with Tokau College. There's a Tokau College website and they both take you to the same place. There's only one virtual farm for Tokau. So... Either of those websites will take you directly there. I mean, the in reality, web links change. <laughs> they always do, which yep. means uh, just simply just type into Carl Virtual Farm or yep. type in New South Wales Department of Primary Industries. I mean, the government departments change their names too. So if you look up Virtual Farms in Australia, you'll find this website and definitely dive on into it. And so one of the things I want to just ask you, Joe, um, before you head off is, I mean, if you had a bunch of teachers at a teach meet in front of you and they were trying to get their head around how to teach agriculture simply to kids who have never been to ex exposed to it before, what would be their first steps? Well, uh, so, well, the Tokel Virtual Farm is a great first start because, um, as I said earlier, we have written it for to support teachers who don't have access to farms. So it is really um, tailored to supporting teachers in delivering this sort of information. But I would also really strongly recommend that they just get kids growing stuff, just get them outside and growing things. And I understand that some of the schools in metropolitan areas don't have access to a lot of land, but they've got windowsills often and they've got rooftops and we've seen some great ver um, vertical gardens in um, schools that have got limited space. 
but that's we um, really encourage teachers to just get kids growing things and then they can make the connections to how you know we stock supermarkets full of these products through the virtual farm so it's a it's a real benefit to be able for them to be able to visit the virtual farm and have a look at commercial farming but nothing beats kids picking you know snow peas off the vines that they grew and nurtured um, and eating them for their fruit break or for their recess um, to encourage them to care about where their food comes from and care about um, you know the how farmers are going in the drought for example at the moment and how they'll be going you know hopefully in the not too distant future when it rains again and things are flourishing in the paddocks uh, absolutely and i totally agree with what you're saying with uh find any space to grow something in fact uh my daughter, she's in grade four at this point, and she came home a couple of weeks ago with some beetroots, so beets and uh, cut carrots, uh, various ver versions of misshapen shapes. <laughs> but uh, she's insisted on, and I agree with her, that we are to cook them, so we're going to make a, some sort of beetroot salad. Hello, here it goes, turning to a recipe place. We're going to do beetroot with feta and orange slices. We're going to roast the beetroot with salt, Beautiful. pepper, and olive oil. And, yeah, that's, that, that's her plan. She's come back with a recipe. That's what we're meant to do with the beetroot this weekend. And I can't remember what she wants to do with carrot. I think she's just chop it up and shove it into a salad normally. But anyway, the idea is she's totally got ownership because she's making us use her product, which is great. Yeah, yeah. And how excited was she about it? I mean, that's, that's the thing. If you take a group of kids into the garden, that, you know, maybe when it gets hot, it becomes a bit of a chore, but that's the real life of, you know, producing food. Um, but when you take them down there and they're picking stuff and eating it fresh off the vine or off the plant, can't beat it you can't beat the, the excitement's great you know like it's just it's one of those moments as a teacher where you go okay this is working that's fantastic <laughs> that's what we all live for let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> very cool hey joe thank you very much for sharing us just a little insight about what the virtual farm's like um i mean it is of course i mean i only had a little bit of time to chat about it but of course if people just dive into the resources that are on the web they totally are there. So there might be some people who want to really get right into this. So, uh, Joe, how would they be able to get in touch with you? So on that same webpage, so Googling New South Wales DPI Schools Program, there'll be a contact us link there or, um, you know, the, there's a phone number as well for the Department of Primary Histories and they obviously know how to contact us. So they'll, they'll put you in touch definitely. And we'd love to hear from um, anyone who's interested in this or um, are doing great things in schools. We love to hear the stories of what's happening out there. Oh, fantastic, Joe. thank you very much. And hopefully the smoke clears for you soon. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Look, thanks for giving us an opportunity to share this um, resource. We love it. So hopefully it'll, uh, you know, turn a lot of, lot of people out there onto the realities of farming in New South Wales as well. Oh, fantastic, have a fantastic afternoon. Thanks, you too. We hope you've been enjoying the Physics Ed podcast. We love making science make sense. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? If you're outside of Australia, you can connect with us via a virtual excursion. See our website for more. Well, there we go. We just heard from Joe Hathaway from the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries, and I hope you could visit the Tokal Virtual Farm in some way. So why not type in Tokal, T-O-C-A-L, Virtual Farm, 
into your favorite search engine, type in maybe DPI, standing for Department of Primary Industries, and you will find their website for sure. And uh, while you're on there, keep an eye out for a one day at Takal uh, and a one year at Takal, which are very short videos, but give you a real bit of a heads up about what it's like there. And uh, it's not a bad little sort of way to sort of lead into uh, getting those kids right into virtually learning about agricultural uh, studies and all these different ways. So uh, thanks very much, Joe, for again reaching out and having a bit of a chat during this crazy fire season we've had. And uh, I really know that uh, New South Wales DPI has done a fantastic job with the virtual farm. And again, just a bit of a heads up, it is for primary and secondary schools. So uh, whichever you're listening to, head on in find out a bit about it. So uh, enough from me. It's time to uh, leave you be wherever you're walking the dog or driving the car, whatever you're getting up to. Uh, We've got more coming up throughout this uh, season yet again. And uh, you've been listening to me, Ben Newsom. (laughs) Not going anywhere, Ben Newsom here at Phys Education. And you've been listening to the Phys Ed Podcast. I hope you have a fantastic time and I'll catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed Podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au